This is the After Party, live with Kim McAllister and John Daly. Hot, coming in hot. Kim McAllister. Yes, we are. Hi. Hi. What's up, John Daly? Happy Tuesday. What's up? Happy Tuesday, the 21st of November, 2023. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. We've got uh, Thanksgiving break full underway in this house. We have Julia with COVID, who's been quarantined in her room for fall break. Yeah, yeah. She's doing okay, but she's stuck in there. So, you know. And so far, the rest of us have tested negative. So that's what we got going on here. Well, that's impressive. Yeah. How are you doing over there? Everything okay? I'm well. I'm well. Uh, Archie does not have COVID. (laughs) And uh, he's just hungry all the time. He's on a diet. Oh. He's on a vet-mandated diet, and he's taking it out on me. Yeah, well, I hear that. That yeah. can be a little rough. Body it, slamming the bedroom door every morning. Oh, that's angry. He's an angry ah. kitty. Uh. <laughs> well, it is Travel Tuesday, so we have that to look forward to. We've got some Woo-hoo! great stories coming up. Um, but first, let's get right to our animals, because you found this great one about these llamas corralled on a busy Canadian highway. And uh, it's it's something else. The alpacas... Llama drama? I would say it's it's drama for your llama mama. That's what I'd say. Yeah. These alpacas, uh, Wait, are, they are they alpacas, alpacas or, or llamas? llamas? I no, don't all... know. The, apparently, it was a llama that escaped from its home. It ended up running through traffic on a busy highway. I don't think the people in Canada know the difference between a llama and an alpaca. Because apparently, you know pol- police shared photos from the, the capture on social media and they I misidentified the animal as an alpaca, but it's actually there he is. There's the llama. He's just shaggy. Al, alpacas go slow. Doesn't have the same ring as see snow go slow. But honestly, if you see one on the highway, slow down is what they're he saying. He just needs a haircut. He just needs he's a little like haircut. A, he's like a hippie llama. They're such pretty animals, though. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hate to see him in distress, but I'm glad they found him before a car got. Looks got like him. he's kind of chilling. Yeah, that's true. Very yeah. nice. Um, you know what will not make you chill? Mm. A snake. Ready for this? Ooh. A Wisconsin firefighter helps retrieve a pet snake lost inside a car. Oh, well, that'll cause an accident. Yikes. Yeah. No bueno. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So. Here's a photo of the uh, responding officer. Let's see, I'm getting up there. A rookie firefighter in uh, Wisconsin came to the assistance of a local resident whose pet snake had gotten loose in a car and slithered up inside the passenger seat. Um, <laughs> it cracks uh, me up that it's the rookie that had to go get it. Yeah, this you know, Connor. The, yeah, I'm not getting it. You get it. You just got here. You're the. You're. You've got the least seniority. You get the snake. Connor, who just recently marked his six months with the West Alice Fire Department, was on duty when a resident drove up to the firehouse seeking help with an unusual issue. I could tell you he was I could tell he was walking towards us and he was going to ask me a question or a favor or something. When he came up to me, he was like, hey, I got a snake up in my car. Can you help me get my snake out? Uh, he was called into action and used vehicle access tool to reach the snake's hiding place. We kind of used it to tickle the snake and not irritate it, but to give it some motivation to move. After a few minutes, the snake was reunited with its owner. So uh, I wonder if the owner had this, you know, the snake and wasn't afraid of snakes, why the owner just couldn't have reached in there and grabbed it out. He's like, I'm not going in there. (laughs) I'm not going to get bit. No way, man. (laughs) Here's your snake back, sir. 
thank you for coming to the fire department today. Yes. Yeah. So How else can we go. be of service? Ew. Snake in a car. No, thank you. Okay, this next story I have to ask you guys because it's a little racy, and I don't know. I don't know if you want this story about bat sex, but if you want it, I'll B-A-T. give it to you. Bat sex. Bat, bat sex. B A T. Apparently, I'm reading the story. This species of bat has a really big male unit with a heart-shaped end. <laughs> I'm just very interesting species-wise. I've made a decision not to play the video because uh, it's it's graphic. It's obscene. <laughs> It's total so this bat is what porn. You, this is what you get. <laughs> this instead. is what we get instead. All right. Well, I'll, I think I can do the story as long as we're not playing the video. The video no, is really what makes it's it disturbing. People are eating lunch. <laughs> no, it's no. totally true. All right. Well, I'll tell you the bat story because apparently they found this. People found video on their. I don't know, doorbell cam or security cams. Now I can't not tell the story. Okay, I'll tell you a I'll tell you the highlights, all right? Surveillance cameras trained on the dark corners of a church in the Netherlands caught these bats in the act. Then other videos started pouring in to researchers of bats doing the do around the world. It was a surprise, according to Dr. Nicholas Fassell, who's a bat expert at the University of Lausanne, but the evidence we gathered is quite clear. He says, there is no penetration, and I think you know what I'm talking about. Apparently, scientists have been stumped by the procreation habits of serotine bats. They don't they don't know how this happens and they haven't been able to catch them in, you know, in the middle of it all. The male's erect member is enormous and it ends with a heart-shaped head that is seven times wider than the female's opening. So There's how does it work? A drop or two in there. Thank you. You know, part A doesn't fit in part B. This isn't going to work. So That's researchers... Thank you. <laughs> researchers were suspecting one of two scenarios. Number one, either it becomes engorged once it's inside, or, uh, and that would make that, they call it a copulatory tie, where it makes them hard to separate until the deed is done. The other, they thought, well, maybe it's similar to uh, what birds do, which is that there really is no... um, they mate through contact, but not through penetration. <laughs> Bat dong, yes. Um, so then they get this next next video from the Ukraine, from Ukraine, where researchers at a bat rehab center had their own footage. Wait, that bat rehab, like bat for rehab, drunk Batman. It's yeah, it happens sometimes. Everyone has issues, and we all need a little place to you know relax and rest. So they found this footage that seems to show bats mating without penetration. So now they have video from ninety-seven mating events, ninety-three from the Dutch church, four and they're from allowed the to bat do that while they're in bat and rehab. The bat rehab center, yeah, cameras are on twenty-four-seven to make sure they don't relapse. Um, <laughs> but now they have p- proof that. It doesn't it it doesn't penetrate. It makes it goes from the outside, and so um, 
I know, I know, I know. You you really wanted to know this. Well, the footage doesn't prove non-penetrative sex in mammals, which would be the first mammal situation like this. Some females were left with fluid on their abdomens, suggesting males that had happens at least, with humans too. <laughs> suggesting males had at least attempted to deposit their sperm. The scientists now hope to swab females after mating, and they're building a bat porn box to film couples from all angles. Imagine if that was your job. So that is the bat porn story. And there you have it. And trust me, you don't want to see the video. Mm -mm. Uh, Calvin wants to know, the bat guy is a bat expert but hasn't seen bats mating. You can't be called an expert then. Listen, this is very... <clears throat> Calvin, I get what you're saying, but this is very secretive behavior. I mean, they don't do it all the time. You know, it, they're not like rabbits. So you have to catch them in the act. And it's, it's you know, you would have to stay awake all night long. Very, very hard. <laughs> Pun intended. Very hard. Very hard. <laughs> Moving on. Monopoly. Yeah. Monopoly releases a personalized San Jose edition. Yes, they do. Of all the personalized editions, San Jose, really? I have a San Francisco. Well, that makes sense. I mean, yeah. uh, it's a world-renowned city. Well, San um, Jose is a pretty big deal. As a matter of fact, more people live there than... It's a bigger city than San Francisco. It's more The area is more populated. There are a lot of and cities that are bigger than San Francisco. Home to Silicon Valley. It's, you know, a key business center of the american economy I, yeah, I, when i think I, san jose i think board game fun uh there was a lot of buzz <laughs> in the south bay from the city and businesses alike monday as one of the most popular board games in the world monopoly revealed a personalized san jose edition the city is getting its own edition of the game along uh, with all the traditional spots on the board replaced by local landmarks it uh, shared its excitement with monopoly mascot at the uh, uh monopoly mascot is that like the, the old dude with the yeah, monocle the, yeah mm -hmm, yeah Mm -hmm. um, he doesn't have a name. <laughs> he should have a name. At the Monopoly Winchester. mascot doesn't isn't really you know yeah. ding worthy. He, yeah, he was at the Winchester Mystery House. He didn't have any ID on him. Uh, the iconic home that took the coveted position where the boardwalk usually is. San Jose has so much history, so much to be proud of, and so much to celebrate. It's just one more great opportunity to do that," said uh, Mayor Matt Mahan. 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 Yeah. Uh, such a such an uh, uh, I don't know original game uh the san jose edition of monopoly original <laughs> joe's is the new park place and the railroad spots have been replaced by the vta oh uh the transit agency shared its enthusiasm <laughs> wrapping an entire bus to remote the game the line was out the door at peter's bakery which was also part of the new game board with a picture That's of its cool. famous burnt almond cake uh, they had a huge stack of customized games in store and everyone sold out uh in a pre-order i love the concept whoever nice. came up with this idea is genius said Hilda Ramirez of San Jose. She bought a stack of them. As a native of San Jose, I couldn't be more proud and get more excited. So, You um, know, under all the South Bay Christmas trees, every, people, everyone's going to open up one of these games this, this year. Yeah. The yeah. kids will be uh, enthusiastic. San Jose Monopoly. What? <laughs> this is uh, made by a company called Top Trumps USA. Uh, what? No, rela no Did relation. Did you say Pop Trump? <laughs> top 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 trumps oh top uh, trump they've made other official city editions uh, including napa valley uh which mm -hmm. is not a city uh but it's the first major bay area city to get one so they've been working on it for a year and a half um, no i have san francisco i have san francisco monopoly so i don't know if it's made by the same company but uh, i guess not yeah. not you don't ha you don't have one from top trumps usa i well it's i'm kind of glad for that 
Well, we talked about bats. Let's talk about blue balls. How about that? There you go. There are these mysterious blue balls on British beaches. Everyone wonders, where are these coming from? We have the blue balls on the beach. What is that? And how did it get here? Thousands of mysterious blue rubber balls washed up on British beaches in recent days. It turns out they originated from a power plant nearby. The Tees Valley Wildlife Trust said these spongy rubber balls are used to clean pipes at the Hartlepool Power Station. And occasionally they spill out into the sea when too much pressure builds up. But look at the bucket behind her. I mean, that's a lot of blue balls. They're made of rubber. They're not radioactive. But of course, they're still a danger to marine wildlife, they say. So the trust is asking members of the public to report locations at which the blue balls wash up on the beach so the energy company can come and get them. And I just like to say blue balls as many times as I can. You can find blue balls by just going on like uh, online dating apps. Is that why? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. (laughs) Ren. Ren. $10. Ren is making the Thanksgiving rounds. This is the third contribution I've seen from Ren on one of our shows today. Thank you, Kim and John, for making our afternoons fun. We are very thankful for you guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Ren, I am thankful to you as well. That is so nice, and you're so kind to hit all three shows like that. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Very grateful. All three shows, like three blue balls. (laughs) Three blue balls. One, two, three. Thank you, Ren. Really, really nice. Thank you very much. This next story um, is about people who spend money and those who don't. Spenders mm-hmm. have are happier with their lives, but savers may be wiser, according to a new survey. Oh, what's better, happy or wise? Mm, spenders are happier with their lives. Savers are wiser. A new study suggests the poll of 2,000 American shoppers finds 56% of Americans consider themselves to be spenders, splurging for things they really want, while 34% identified themselves as savers. That's me over here. Who won't mm-hmm. shop until what they want goes on sale or becomes a necessity. I won't wait until things go on sale. My dad used to do that. You know, when I was a kid um, and we go to like Long's or any of the you know stores, I honestly thought you were not allowed, like you could not buy something that wasn't on sale. Oh, really? Because that was like, that was like my dad's rule. Is like, that this is just, just to look at. It'll go on sale eventually. It'll be yeah, available to yeah. you. Yeah. And then yeah. if there was like a, you remember rain checks? If there was like a rain check, he'd get like a rain check on something. Oh, that's um, funny. Yeah, so I have like a weird, I had a weird, I had a weird I'm childhood. kind of with your dad. Like if I, if I know that I want something or have a need for something, but it's a price that I just won't pay, yeah. I'll wait for it to go on sale before I buy it. I won't, I, I don't like to pay full price. I, I don't like to pay retail. Mm-mm. Yeah. Well, I got shoes at Ross yesterday for $37 plus tax, like 40 bucks. You sent me Skechers. a picture. Those are pretty nice shoes and they, that was a great price. Yeah. I mean, quality has gone down on everything. Have you noticed? Like even shoes, like they're it's yeah. cheaper plastic, cheaper mm-hmm. faux rubber. Um, but, you know, buy stuff, be a good consumer. Uh, meanwhile, 10% didn't claim to be either kind of shopper. Perhaps unsurprisingly, spenders were found to spend more money on non-essential items during any given week by nearly double of what savers spend. $621 uh, compared to 348 In turn, savers were found to set aside less of their total income towards non-essential purchases than their spenders uh, spending counterparts 18 compared to 22 percent compared to savers spenders were also found to be happier with their relationships 78 percent and 63 respectively work life 78 percent and 57 respectively and personal life 77 percent and 71 percent interestingly spenders were also happier with their financial lives than savers 73 percent to 56 Mm. 
I mean, it's all fun and games until you get to the end and then you have nothing to retire on, I guess. I don't know. What do you think? You think it's better to be happy or better to be wise? I think you can do both. I think mm -hmm. you can be just change your perspective so that you're happy, not accumulating junk that you don't need. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't like to. I'm, I'm glad that I'm not materialistic. I don't enjoy buying things. I just buy what I need. Yeah. I mean, every once in a while I'll buy something nice, but it's like I don't have that, that burning desire. When you when you have kids, you tend to buy things that you tend to buy stuff that they don't need. Right. right. Because like You're you have stock, you know, stocking stuffers and, da, 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 and it's like, do they really need all this stuff? And so you try to pare it down. But I, I, I struggle with that. I did just spend one hundred and thirty dollars today. Uh oh, Amy. We have a listener viewer, Amy, and she sent me a link. I was talking about teles I was talking about telescopes the other day. Okay. And she was saying, uh, she ha they have one that's really good and she sent me the link to it. And mm. I didn't didn't shop around. I just bought the Am I bought it right off Amazon. And you didn't shop just, around, you'll be sorry. You'll be sorry. You didn't but buy yeah, one of those big box stores. That's too. what Santa's bringing. And so it's really cool looking. And I figured if it's free shipping on Amazon, then even if I found it a little bit cheaper somewhere else, I'd probably have to pay for shipping. So I don't know. Right. Anyway, I did that and I'm yeah. still thinking about that. That's a that's a big chunk. But yeah, that's what that's what that's what Santa's bringing. Well, that's mm -hmm. uh, a secret. It'll stay here. <laughs> yeah. Well, good thing he doesn't watch the show. He's in there. Uh, he's in his room right now. Actually, he's doing homework. He had four writing assignments that he didn't finish because he was sick last week. So mm -hmm. he's uh, although he's, he is getting good at fibbing, so maybe he does watch the show. Mm, maybe mm. he maybe that's what he's in his room he's doing. Like, Mom's going to mention Christmas at some point. So the you know we we've been talking about Gen Z lately, and yeah. I don't know if this is Gen Z or not, but Amazon. Speaking of Amazon and what I just purchased, they're warning workers who don't return to the office. Forget about the threats of possibly losing your job. You may actually have a harder time getting promoted, is what oh. they say. Don't come back. Yeah, you're not getting that promotion. They're doubling down on the return to office mandate, warning staff that not compl complying could impact their chances of getting a better job within the company. Employees who don't regularly work in the office at least three days a week will find any potential promotion will be subject to an additional layer of leadership approval. There are a variety of factors we consider, says Amazon, of determining an employee's readiness for the next level. Like any company, we expect employees who are being considered for promotion to be in compliance with company guidelines and policies. So don't come back. No, you're you're not going to be the one that gets the better paying job. Mm -hmm. Need that Amazon Prime delivery of your butt back into your seat. <laughs> I guess so. They mean business. They already sent out a couple of letters ask or telling not asking telling staff they have to come back to the office at least three days a week uh they say communicating is easier and more effective when we're in person blah 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 at the end of may some of the amazon workers staged a walkout at the seattle headquarters citing a bunch of grievances including the push to get workers back in three days a week uh then in August, the company sent a warning email to some of its workers that were not in compliance, saying they've got a remote work exception re request policy in place. They'll consider it on a case-by-case -case basis. So they're already threatening people 
to come come back in. And now this is just another threat that you won't be considered for promotion either. Mm. Wow. Strict. Yeah, it is. Are you glad that you don't work from an office now? I'm glad that I work from this office at my house. <laughs> uh, so this next story, uh, some of the photos were racy. And so I decided oh. not to. So you racier already wanted than, to go with. Racier wanted, than bat porn? I don't know yeah, what you you're trying to, go to say. With bat porn, but this is yeah. uh, human porn. But this is, I think this, uh, oh. this is kind of a creepy photo. But she wrapped, wrapped in the American flag? Look yes, a Democrat doxxed as a dominatrix bolsters her congressional <laughs> campaign with a Playboy profile. An Oregon Democrat congressional candidate feared for her future in politics, and she thought it was kaput when a video of her as a Manhattan dominatrix popped up online. But she now embraces her raunchy past, according to the, this is the New York Post, Courtney Cosgrove, Cosgrove. Uh, wants to represent Portland's western suburbs. And was, she was horrified when a clip of her working as a midtown BDSM dungeon uh, at a BDSM dungeon was anonymously posted to Reddit on August 31st. I was just panicking. Then I was like, who did this? And then I just started calling every single person that I pretty much knew from my past and was hyperventilating and crying. Uh, she's 41 years old. She worked as a dominatrix in her 20s and 30s, charging clients $500 per hour. Oh, I'm in the wrong line of work. Yeah, we're in yeah. the wrong line. I'm in the wrong line of business. Uh, years later, while <laughs> staying with a friend in the Bronx uh, during the pandemic, she returned to the risque business, this time at Donatella's Dungeon. You know where that is. Oh, Still yeah, operating as an S&M club on 6th Avenue at West 39th Street, right by the Whole Foods. Although the Pearl District, Oregon resident never found out who posted the racy footage, she believes the poster was trying to shame her. Well, of course. Um, a lot of these other photos like show her like blurry images of her laying down with her buttocks up in the air. So that's why oh, I didn't put yeah. it up there. To shame me for something that helped create my life that I have today where I have opportunity made me really mad because it felt like an attack on women, not just an attack on me. Her advocacy work has included teaching puberty and mens menstruation courses. I thought that was a typo, but it's not. Puberty and menstruation courses at an <laughs> L.A. Boys and Girls Club. Yeah. Uh, as well as training displaced and trafficked women in technical trades through another L.A.-based nonprofit. She now has her sights set on winning this congressional uh, district seat and has focused her campaign on voting and abortion rights and reversing the wide discrimination on of, of drugs in the beaver See, state beaver state get it i guess i don't understand why you try to keep that a secret i mean if you're running for congress someone is going to find out eventually you're running for yeah. public office this is a skeleton well. in your closet it's better to just say i did this a long time ago now here's my focus Right, get well, out ahead of it. You, you know, there's a chance that it wouldn't come out, and it was a long time ago, like decades it's ago. It's coming out. Single mother it's one always decided, coming out. Yeah. The single mother one used just uh, decided to use her outing to reclaim her sexuality, creating a Playboy profile to sell sexy pictures of herself for up to $150 each. Oh. That's taking it to another <laughs> That's level. That's far cry from the $500 an hour she used to get. Yeah. Times I don't tough. know. Yeah. Um, I do want to say huge, huge, huge thank you to Doug, who popped in with the $5 super sticker. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, you're Doug. awesome. Um, you if you're, all. if you could click the like button, I forgot to ask for you to your favor, yes. uh, favor for you to do that. Click the like button. Click the subscribe button if you haven't already as well. John and I would really appreciate those two things. And this show is fifty percent owned Yay. by women. Fifty percent owned <laughs> yeah, by women. It is. Okay, <laughs> here's something you guys can add in the chat as we go along here. All right, the rudest things that people do at Thanksgiving. So if you have one, please put it in the chat. The rudest things that you can do at Thanksgiving dinner. And I have your list right here. The number one rudest thing, not RSVPing. 
you know, showing up or not showing up if you said you were or weren't or just not even telling them whether you're coming at all. Um, the second is ignoring the schedule. If you're going to someone's house, make sure you know the schedule of events. Sometimes people invite you for noon, but they're not serving dinner till four. Um, plan so there isn't too much together time. Don't be rude if you know you're walking into a difficult situation. It might be best to be acceptably late or to leave on the early side, but you know, you're expected to eat as a group. So know what's going on when you go. Bringing dishes that don't require cooking. Can you imagine? I mean, everything's going on in the kitchen and in you walk with something that needs to be popped in and cooked. And the oven is occupied. Unless explicitly cleared with a host in advance, don't bring food that requires you to Unless you're going to Martha Stewart's house and she has like five assistants and some Then it's okay, yeah. Uh, Don't start tense conversations. Maybe we just don't say the word Trump on Thanksgiving. Maybe that's Yeah, make it more like the after party. Yeah, exactly. They say, if you want to avoid a blowout, focus on keeping the peace by fostering light, harmonious environment and committing yourself to kindness. So there's that. Uh, Don't pry into people's business. No, no, no. Don't give parenting advice or correct someone else's children or ask awkward questions like, why aren't you married? Or are you going to have kids? No. I know that one. That's preemptive etiquette. Uh, go into the meal with topics of conversation already prepared. If your aunt just returned from a trip to Greece, ask her about that. Besides travel, other safe topics include musical events, best-selling books, food, sports, holiday memories. I would even argue weather, not climate change. Ren has one <laughs> no, for you. Getting drunk and then fighting with another guest and falling asleep in your plate of food. Literally, my great uncle. Everybody has one, Ren. Oh, no. BW Rock, hanging out in the kitchen when I'm trying to cook. Out of the way, please. (laughs) Yeah. Eric, openly mocking the left. My brother-in-law used to do that on purpose to get my goat because he knew I was the only liberal in the family. Mm. Uh, Aussie rules, fart out loud. Ooh, don't do that. Rude, rude, rude. Square, double dipping in the chip dip. Totally agree. Faux pas, city. Don't do it. Colors of the wind. Hi, you. Ren, uh, my stepfather passed out drunk from at his dinner dish, too. You guys have exciting Thanksgivings. Wow. wow. I mean, people in my family would have a drink, but it would be like one or two and then maybe kind of get, you know, talkative, but, you know, like slow mm. and slurred. But really. This one goes to BW Rock, asserting yourself in the kitchen without being asked. Refrain Mm. from giving the host advice on how to season the food. Who would do such a thing? The host is preparing the meal. Let them take charge. And if you're hosting Thanksgiving this year, try to be gracious if this situation arises. We've all had those guests who won't leave the kitchen and won't stop telling you how wrong you're doing pretty much everything with the food. Actually invite them to taste and give their opinion. When they're done, thank them and usher them back out out of the kitchen with the promise that you'll tend to their suggestion. Not letting the host know about an allergy or dietary restriction. Only talking to the people you know. If I'm at a place where I only know one or two people, I always make it a point to just walk up to three people I don't know and start up a conversation. Or Heather says, not fart loud enough. <laughs> that'll talk. That'll stop the Trump talk, right? Uh, the next one is showing up empty-handed. No, Mm. you always bring something no matter what it is. Assuming you can take home leftovers. Thanksgiving leftovers are a highlight, 
but the host who prepared the meal has every right to keep the remaining food in their home. Don't ask for a dog bag, doggy food bag, if one is not offered. Wait to be invited by the host before loading up your Tupperware with all the leftovers. And then the last one is hanging around too long after dinner. Look for little hints that the evening is wrapped up. Don't overstay your welcome. At the point when the host changes into their pajamas, you know, you've outstayed, you've got to get yourself out. Don't necessarily let it get to the pajama point, they say. Uh, Pay attention to what others are doing. Suggest continuing the festivities at your place if you're not done, or a nearby bar if you don't want the night to end. While you don't want to be the first to bolt out the door, you don't want to be the last straggler that won't leave either. So, uh, Mama de Three Boys, for Latin people, arriving on time is a no-no, really. I should have been born Latin. That's what I should have. I'm B.W. Rock with a $5 super sticker. Thank, Thank you, B.W. You, B.W. Really, really nice of yeah, you. Yeah, I had an um, aunt and uncle who never picked up on the fact that the hosts are going to bed, and they would always hang around. It's just like, See, it gets awkward when you have to say, my husband yeah. is so blunt. He'll just say, okay, thanks for coming. We ha- we're going to bed. We're really tired. Yeah. Or he'll just like retire. And I'm like, well, we can't just leave. We have people here. I know what you're thinking. Yeah. I'm really bad at that. I, I, I will never want to make pe- people feel unwelcome, even though they should kind of get it. You know? Well, if you're going to stick around, then you might as well offer to help clean, uh, clean up. Right. Yes. Agree. The- uh, average American, this is a weird photo. The average American spends 300 hours a year cleaning. Um, Americans are scrubbing away the days, spending nearly 300 hours a year cleaning their homes, according to a new, uh, new sweeping news research. Get it? Sweeping mm. news research. <laughs> a survey of 2,000 adults explored their cleaning habits and found that the average person spends over five hours a week scrubbing, washing, and dusting their home. That sounds like a lot. In fact, cleaning Wait, is one of the activities that. How many a hours a chunk. week? Five. On average. Five five hours a week cleaning? Yeah, like nonstop okay. five hours. Yeah. Uh, cleaning is one of the activities that took up a big chunk of their week, 39%, along with watching TV, 52%, working, 32%. Hey, <laughs> people are watching TV, 52%, and working, 32%. That explains a lot. <laughs> American productivity. If your sink or hamper is full to the brim, you're probably not alone. Half of Americans admit to falling behind in the cleaning of their homes uh, at least sometimes, 52%. How about falling behind all the time? Um, the survey also found that while some people find cleaning to be fun, um, I'm skipping around here. Uh, what, sorry, I lost my place here. No, that's all right. I don't know if I spend five hours a week. I think I spend five hours a week cleaning, but not like in a continuous thing. So, you know, I think that counts like doing the dishes. So that's 30, 40 minutes cleaning up the kitchen in the evening. Yeah. I would say, um, picking up other people's things laundry mm. i would say yeah at least five Even hours probably more yeah other people random people yeah. walking through like a kid uh but what like I was gonna say spaced this, out you know the survey finds that yeah while some people find cleaning to be fun a third of respondents admit to disliking the chore 32 percent 45 percent of those surveyed find the burden of cleaning lies solely on them in the household that would be you Kim, right yeah well close to it not always not always i do get a little help what's your most unfavorite chore Oh, jeez. Um, putting things away, organizing. Really? Like, I yeah, my apartment's s- not dirty. It's cluttered, though. Oh, yeah. I would say mine would be um, scrubbing floors. I hate scrubbing floors. No, I don't scrub floors. I like laundry, though. I don't mind doing yeah. laundry. We're or mostly vacuuming. carpeted now, and we have the Dyson. Oh. 
Oh, you have a Dyson. Dyson. Yeah. So I just have like the small <laughs> nice. kitchen area, and then I use like um, I can get away with just using like a um, like a what do they call those? Like a fiber Clorox wipe. Ta- no, the 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 chamois type towel that you use, microfiber towel. Right. I just use like a sweep, and then I can microfiber the the floor. It's not a big oh. area, just a small kitchen. Yeah. I'm not um, gonna bring out a, like a mop. Uh, we love the space stories here on the After Party Live. And there's now more pictures from the Webb Telescope spotting the most distant Milky Way-like galaxy yet. They didn't know if they were going to find spiral galaxies like ours, and they did. So this is changing theories on how galaxies evolve. This one closely resembles the Milky Way. It's called Ceres 2112, and it was spotted by an international team using the James Webb Telescope. They say like our home galaxy, the Milky Way, Ceres 2112 is a barred spiral galaxy. It's now the most distant of its kind ever observed. The bar at the center structure, that's made up of stars that you see there in the middle. It formed soon after the Big Bang created the universe, is what they say, estimated to be 13.8 billion years old. The galaxy's distinct structure already in place 2.1 billion years later. Given the distance between the Earth and the objects from the early days of the universe, when telescopes like Webb observe light from distant cosmos, it looks like you can peer into the past. And so a National Research Council postdoctoral researcher in Spain is saying, unexpectedly, this discovery reveals that galaxies that resemble our own existed already 11,700 million years ago when the universe had just 15% of its life. That's pretty cool. Astronomers, they say they were surprised to see such a well-ordered and structured galaxy at a time when others were much more irregular. When massive spiral galaxies are common in the Milky Way's, uh, while they're comic, common in the Milky Way's cosmic neighborhood, it hasn't always been the case. Uh, finding Ceres 2112 shows the galaxies in the early universe could be as ordered as the Milky Way. And it's surprising because galaxies were much more chaotic in the early universe. Very few had similar structures to the Milky Way. Kind of cool. Wow. We can see back before the story started to find out that Wes gave a $5 super sticker to the show. Wes. Happy Thanksgiving, Wes. Wes. And Deidre with the $10. Awesome. Here's to my 21-year-old baby girl coming home from college today. Yay! That's so exciting. You're going to have a a house full of kids again. Thank you, Deidre, for the $10 super sticker. I hope you have a good Thanksgiving with your daughter. That's really sweet. Well, let's take a little bit of a break here on the After Party Live. When we come back, uh, we'll talk about Prince Harry spotted at a Sharks game, and we'll get to Travel Tuesday as well. That is next. They don't want attention. No, they don't. The former Royals don't want attention. Look away. Don't, Don't give them any. This is the After Party Live. We'll be right back. The After Party Live is underwritten by our audience, and without you, this show wouldn't be possible. If you can contribute $10, $15, or $20 a month, it would keep this party a-rockin'. The PayPal link can be found in the About section of the YouTube channel or at the bottom of the show description. Any dollar amount is appreciated, and it all adds up. On behalf of Kim and myself, thank you for your consideration. Aloha, bitches. It's the After Party Live. It is is the the After after Party. party. It is the After Party. What is it? It's the After Party Party Live. Live. That's what it is. Thank you to our ongoing contributors, Deidre L. and Robin F. You two 
are loved. Thank you so much for uh, contributing and helping us with the After Party Live. We couldn't do it without you. Yeah, Very, very thankful. This next story is uh, about Prince Harry and Meghan, who uh, mm-hmm. repeatedly, I'm always sending you stories, all my friends' stories, um, whenever they're like, uh, they're doing something to get attention because they always said they didn't want attention, right? Like there's this whole article about like, come inside their, you know, multi-million dollar home. You know, yeah, because they don't want attention, right? Then they're well, like they flying to a, Vegas because they don't want attention. They had a great time at the San Jose Sharks game. At the Black Cat? Oh, no. <laughs> no, it wasn't the Black Cat. They went to Canada to see the hey. Vancouver Canucks and the San Jose Sharks. Harry took the ice and uh, he did the right. puck drop. Because he didn't want attention, right? They, just they had a, a normal, carpet quiet let life. out there. Yeah. He did the ceremonial first puck drop, taking the ice ahead of the matchup between the Sharks and the Canucks. And Megan... Uh, and then he and Megan went to their box seats, and they had a great time. There's pictures of them just yeah, laughing and yucking it up. They are in Canada ahead of the Invictus Games, which is Harry's big charity that he does. Those will be held in Vancouver and Whistler in 2025. Of course, Harry is a former captain in the British Army, founded the International Adaptive Sports Tournament for wounded, injured, and sick service personnel and veterans in 2014. Uh I guess Queen Elizabeth also made a ceremonial puck drop at a Vancouver Canucks and San Jose Sharks game 21 years ago. So it's kind of... Um, Is that the know, Canadian version of a mic drop? I guess so. That's what he's doing. They, um, they, the, I didn't know this, but apparently... Canada is a special place for Meghan and Harry. The Invictus Games marked an important moment earlier in their relationship. It's where they made their debut as a couple as well. Who knew? How exciting. Yes, it's Um, very exciting. You're probably more excited about this. Bradley Cooper practiced for six years for six minutes of conducting in the maestro. Um, Talk about commitment. Bradley Cooper has revealed more about some of his preparation to play composer Leonard Bernstein in the new film Maestro. According to IndieWire, the actor discussed it during an L.A. screening for the film that included a conversation moderated by Hamilton Tony uh, winner Lin-Manuel Miranda. Uh, Cooper broke down a scene in which Bernstein famously conducted the 1976 London Symphony Orchestra in Ely um, Cathedral. That scene I was so worried about because we did it live. Somebody wrote it, and then, you know, he did it live. Uh, that it was the London Symphony Orchestra. I was recorded live. I had to conduct them, and I spent six years learning how to conduct six minutes and 21 seconds of music. Whew, now that's method acting. He looks like a real conductor. Yeah, you know? he's got that kind of like uh, strain. Imagine in practicing six years for six minutes. Yeah. Wow. Is this the movie but where he... he's he got in trouble for the nose, or is this a different prosthetic? Oh, I don't know. I think you're right. I think he I mean, did. did. He got in trouble for, was it this mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But anyway, that's your Bradley Cooper update. The Maestro. When does that come out, I wonder? I don't know. Um, Don't know. Won't be singing. You know what it's time for? (laughs) Yes, it is. It's time for Travel Tuesday. Do you have a graphic? I'm looking for it. I have a Travel Tuesday graphic. It's in there somewhere, isn't it? It's Travel Tuesday. It's somewhere. I don't know. It's right by the sheep. The bear. Here it is. I found it. Travel Tuesday. Time to talk about travel with the mockingbird before a Karen gets tired of the voice. <laughs> travel Tuesday. It is 
Travel Tuesday, everybody, on the After Party Live. All right, let's start with this Christmas movie tour that you can take in New York City. It seems where that that's the place where all of, not all, but many of the Christmas movies are filmed. And so now there is a tour company that will take you to see all the cool spots where movies like Elf were filmed mm -hmm. and movies like uh, Home Alone were filmed. And you can go and check it all out. And it's this very travel-friendly experience when you're visiting New York City for the holidays. On Location Tours is the name. On Location Tours. They'll help you see in person what you've seen on television or the big screen. You can start with Buddy the Elf. Uh, it's the 20th anniversary of Elf the movie. And so... 20th? 20th. 20 years since they made Elf and since it came out. Yeah. Jesus mm -hmm. If you join On Location Tours and hop aboard, the, aboard their annual Holiday Lights and Movie Sites Tour, you'll be able to see locations from Elf. Other memorable sites featured on the tour include the famous Rockefeller Center Christmas Tree, where Kevin McAllister, same last name and same spelling as well, but no relation, reunites with his mother in Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, Macy's breathtaking holiday window displays as seen on Miracle on 34th Street, Bloomingdale's featuring the iconic black cashmere gloves from Serendipity, and more. So it's a holiday movie tour, kind of something fun to do if you ha were in New York anyway or you happen to be headed that way. And here's a travel tip. If you want to save some money, just Google all those locations and go there yourself. <laughs> That's no fun. Hey, if you want to save money. Uh, this this uh, story is about travelers. Do not disturb. One in eight people do not check in with loved ones when they're traveling. Uh, do you call your family and close friends when you travel, Kim? Well, usually I'm with them. But if I was alone, I would. And when you were traveling alone... I asked you to check in with me. <laughs> yeah, you were like mama, like mama bird. I was. I mama was. You're like, hello, mom. What do you not want now? I'm on the train. If I I'm disappear, just... you know where I'm headed. What did I tell uh, you? I said, just just check in with me like when you go to a new city or something. Yeah, make right? sure I'm not dead. Yeah. yeah. Uh, while four, one in four always keep in touch with loved ones while traveling 24%, one in eight admit they rarely or never do and try to enjoy their time away. Yeah, try to enjoy their time away. Um, that's according to a new study. Uh, they're always uh, they're always asking two thousand Americans. Two thousand Americans. Uh, they asked if uh, about they're traveling abroad within the last five years and uh, asked about their habits. The survey also shows that more than half of Americans who travel internationally require recovery time when they first get there. Fifty eight percent and coming back home just isn't any easier with as the average person spending four days in recovery mode after the trip ends. On average, respondents uh, begin preparing fifteen days before an international trip. More than half say they physically prepare themselves by practicing their steps or going to the doctor beforehand at 58%. Other popular ways people prepare for travel are by making copies of important documents, arranging to have their cell phone service, uh, international service, if that makes sense, uh, purchasing travel insurance. According to these, uh, the poll, the survey reveals that many find all this prep to be worth it, while nearly a third say international trips are more fun than domestic trips. Um, yeah, I, I check in with my mom like once a week if I'm on an extended trip. Mm -hmm. I think that's enough. <laughs> I, I mean, that's not bad. Although something could happen to you within that week and no one would know that you're left on the side of the road dead somewhere. Yeah, whatever. We'll find out. <laughs> Where do you guys think the top destination for travel is for Americans? 
Where do most of us want to go? Hawaii. That's my, that would be my choice. But that's not where most people go. Most Americans, when they travel somewhere, it turns out the top destination for travel is Mexico. Hola. Yep. Mexico, the top hotspot among Americans who booked travel as the pandemic came to a close. This is from a new outbound survey of international travelers released the by the National Travel and Tourism Office shows 35, 33.5, 33.5 million Americans went to Mexico in 2022. So that makes Mexico the most popular destination among Americans last year, but it also represents a 17% increase over the number of Americans who visited Mexico in 2021. So more and more people are choosing Mexico. Now, another story for you. Big sale, Black Friday sales. If, speaking of the pandemic, you're ready to get back aboard a cruise ship. I am not. Mark's going on a cruise, a three-week long cruise. We're having a Black Friday sale, apparently, at Norwegian Cruise Line. They are just launching their Black Friday sale, offering travelers 50% off all cruises on all ships. Do and they guarantee this, COVID? They do. They should. They're like, if you wanted it, we got it, Toyota. The sale includes its award-winning Prima-class ships, the Norwegian Prima and Viva, and recently announced Norwegian Aqua from the all-new Prima Plus class, debuting in 2025. You get a free unlimited open bar, free round-trip airfare for the second guest, free specialty dining, norovirus, free shore excursion credits, free Wi-Fi, discounted rates for the third and fourth guests, there's a big big sale they're not the only one norwegian uh joins the uh fine people at i think it is yes carnival uh is it carnival no princess cruises they have a black friday sale and a cyber monday sale and so princess cruises announcing deep discounts as part of its black friday cyber monday special between now and thursday November 20th, what's the date? 21st. Oh, this might have expired. Prices will be 50% off. You could still talk yourself into a deal. The special offer includes all fair types, even packages like the Princess Plus and the Princess Premier. Or you can rationalize it if it has free shipping. Beverages, desserts, fitness classes, crew gratuities, and more. So they've got the Black Friday, Cyber Monday deals. The cruise line is offering a limited time offer that will last until December 12th, in which you get 50% off cruise fares and 50% off deposits on voyages 45 days or less. In case you were hey, looking for a cruise. A sale on a cruise is kind of like a discount on a on a home for sale in San Francisco. It's like it's still you, still too have expensive. To have, you still have to have money. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Cruises can be cheap. Uh, not if you're single occupancy, though, because only mm. I think Norwegian's one of the only ones that offers like a like a single person's room. Otherwise, you have to you it's double occupancy. Right? I don't so you have to go think with somebody. I could stay on a cruise ship that didn't have a window or possibly yeah. a balcony. Like, yeah, the I, single person I, I rooms would, are in the inside. I would feel claustrophobic if I didn't have a window, which means then that I would have to pay more because I think those rooms are more expensive. Well, I think the whole point is that yeah. you just go out to the ship because the ship is huge. And spend, you just sleep there. You sleep on a, on the lawn chair on the deck. Yeah. No, I mean that you're only spending the you know bedtime in your room. You know what you really could do? Just charge it. That's true. 
Uh, the airline trade group is in full opposition to the Credit Card Competition Act. Have you heard about this? The CCCA? Mm-hmm. Legislation that aims to reduce credit card processing fees. Although the bill largely pits banks against retailers, Airlines for America argues that if the bill passes, it will eliminate travel rewards programs for customers. Um, that's because the bill targets interchange fees. That's the 2% rate that uh, pays for credit card processing. It would destroy the revenue stream that airlines use to fund the rewards programs, right? So the way they're giving you like cash back, it's actually coming from the credit card processing fees, right? So they're charging oh. the retailer. So it's really society's not really saving money because they just raise the prices in the store, right, to cover the increased cost of credit card processing. Right? Oh, so if you're not that. getting if you're not getting a deal on like miles or cash back, you're kind of you're paying more than everybody else. But our customers are very passionate about the miles that they earn. They choose credit cards specifically uh, so they can get reward for spending money they were already planning to spend. However, there's much debate and information circulating online about what the CCCA will do if enacted. So they're taking a look at the benefits and the risks uh, here in this article. Uh, The group said the goal of legislation is to enhance competition and choice in the credit card network management. Uh, The senators explained that the current market includes four networks, Visa, MasterCard, American Express, and Discover. However, they argue that Visa and MasterCard hold 83% of the market. That's crazy. Mm. Um, so basically, it's duopoly, and they impose some of the highest processing fees in the world. The legislation would address the issue by requiring banks with assets of more than $100 billion to use more than one credit card processor, including one that's not Visa or MasterCard. It would also put a cap on processing fees. So the idea is to lower processing fees for retailers, but some observers say the benefits for consumers are unclear. So it could affect points. You know, there, there most likely would be a reduction in how much you get back from your credit card. Hmm. Do you have a, a credit card like with travel miles? I, I, I opted out of doing the travel miles thing because I just want to see cash. So I have like mm-hmm. the Costco credit card gives me cash back. I have uh-huh. the um, Chase Unlimited, uh, the blue card that Kevin Hart does commercials for. And so I have mm-hmm. that's one and a half back on everything. So I use other cards like the Costco card for gas because it's 4% back. It's yeah. uh, 2% back on, um, I think, on dining and anything you buy at Costco. So I have a particular card for each category or one yeah. or two. You know. uh, Wes says, didn't the government advise people not to go to Mexico because of crime? Yes, Wes. Yes, they did, as a matter of fact. And you know what? People ignore it and people don't care. Is that the craziest thing? Mm. Yeah, people don't care. That's a general statement. Aussie Rule says, best friend loves Mexico City. Yeah, there are certain times on, you know, travel to Mexico when crime seems to be heating up or people were kidnapped. Remember that the family was kidnapped where Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to go, but a lot of people go to resort towns and they think it's totally safe. And so they just go, they think to themselves, Oh, well, yeah, but not there. Right. This couldn't happen to me here. It's safe until it's not. That's right. Uh, Travel Tuesday continues with four cities among the worst places for holiday travel. These cities are in California. These cities, visitors to certain cities facing a greater risk of air travel disruptions, travel congestion, car accidents, inflated hotel prices during the holiday season. To come up with the list of the 50 worst cities for travel during the holidays, this is from Forbes. They looked at weighted metrics like experiences with driving, air travel, and the city, the number of fatal car crashes between November and January. This is uplifting. Gas prices, crime rate, average hotel prices, number of tourist attractions. This reminds me of a character in a movie that, like, weighs all the bad things before they make any decision, right? Mm -hmm. Which California cities are the worst for holiday travel? 
Los Angeles comes in at uh, the highest rank in California City. They're, Especially when uh, num- the freeways are on fire. Exactly. That's not fun. They're number two on the list. 18.9% of flights going out of Los Angeles were delayed, canceled, or diverted for holiday seasons between 2018 and 2022. On average, about 5.1 people per 100,000 residents were involved involved in fatal car crashes in Los Angeles during the holiday season. San Diego ranking at number 17 with 19.2% of holiday flights ca- changed. Fresno makes the list at number 16 as well. Sacramento just avoids being ranked in the top 20 coming in at 21. The worst city for U.S. holiday travel is Memphis, Tennessee, number one on their list. It had the highest crime rate among cities on the list, came in second with the fewest restaurants with four four or more stars, and it had the fifth worst transit score. Jacksonville, Florida ranked number three with the worst walking score and the worst transit score. New York City, number four with the highest average hotel price for a four-night stay during the holidays. Tucson and Arizona rounding out the top five worst cities for travel. The top 10, it goes Memphis, Los Angeles, Jacksonville, Florida, New York, Tucson, Arizona, Oklahoma City, Miami, Indianapolis, Colorado Springs, Colorado, and sorry, Tony, San Antonio, Texas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that that's is... Travel Tuesday, <laughs> everybody. Thank you for stopping by. Mockingbird out. <laughs> I'm sorry, Karen. It just doesn't get old to me. It just doesn't. Yet. Um, yet. It is not old to me yet. All uh, right. Let's talk about these cars because yeah. new ways of selling cars. Here we go. Yeah. So Amazon is uh, going to sell Hyundai uh, vehicles uh, online starting in 2024. Uh, these, this started. Uh, this is starting next year, according to the com- two companies. Customers will be able to shop for, equip, and buy a car at Amazon.com and schedule delivery through a local <laughs> dealer. You funny. just buy a car on Amazon. Yeah, just a two-day. That's why they need everybody back in the office. We're busy today. People I buy a helis- telescope. Tomorrow, I buy a Hyundai. <laughs> okay. Uh, the agreement is an expansion of a deal announced two years ago by Hyundai. Uh, their digital showroom that they have on Amazon.com enables uh, customers to configure a vehicle, calculate the price, and locate a dealer with uh, and complete the sale. Uh, Hyundai set up its first digital showroom uh, on Amazon in 2018. The latest version was announced at the LA Auto Show, and the new agreement will enable buyers of vehicles in 2025 uh, to access Amazon's Alexa voice assistant from their cars. Partnering with one of the world's most customer-centric organizations unlocks incredible opportunities as we continue to expand our portfolio and a bunch of other buzzwords, uh, according to Hyundai. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they're making it easy, you know? Just Click. log on to Amazon. They'll deliver it to your local dealership. No problem. But make sure you, don't you, have you to... turn off the uh, one-click ordering. You might, well, uh, you, you might upset your spouse. You wouldn't have to deal with uh, dealing with a car salesperson, right? Right. I'm I already mean, on board. I, here's what it costs. Either you're going to yeah. buy it or you're not. So that feeling when they, they all start like swarming towards you on the on the lot when you walk, you're as soon like, as you walk on the lot. Back up. I'm so. I got to get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> There's like zombies uh, approaching. Do you have any buffalo nickels? I do not. Do you? Mm, well, I might. I have to look through. I have a giant. We have like one of those old water jugs that is full of coins. So it'll take me a while to figure this out. But some buffalo nickels could be worth thousands of dollars, but only under very specific conditions. 
Okay. Many of these buffalo nickels can be traded for about 50 cents, but they some of them could be worth over $1,000. Coin collectors say the series is uh, identifiable and fairly affordable for the average collector, yet work goes into making it worth the chase. So it's out there, but you have to go find it. About 85% of buffalo nickels have been circulated. Most are worn down. They're very smooth. If the date on the front of the coin is not visible, then the coin is valued anywhere between 8 to 15 cents. But if the date is partially visible, then the coin can be worth 50 cents to a dollar and more than a dollar if the date is fully visible. A 1921 buffalo nickel, remember that date, 1921, in mint or lightly circulated condition could be worth 1500 bucks if it has the letter S as in Sam or S as in San Francisco on the reverse side. Uh, and the uncirculated version of the coin can be sold for 1600 to $4,000. I wouldn't have an uncirculated coin. Mine would be, you know, I, uh, no. Um, the 1937D, it's a three-legged variety of buffalo nickel, recently auctioned for $100,000. So if your buffalo only has three legs and it's a 1936, no, 1937D, set that one aside. <laughs> you know, don't spend that one. It really does come back, they say, to supply and demand. If there's interest in a particular grade and whether or not you find that grade is always a challenge. So they talk about uh, figuring out how much your buffalo nickel is worth depending on the date and the mint mark and the condition and the supply and demand. That's what it's about. Uh, there's a price guide and you just look it up and see what it's worth. If the mint mark with the letter D produced in Denver or the letter S produced in San Francisco, the coin will be worth more than those without, which were all produced in Philadelphia. So there you go. Knowledge. If you find one, let us know. Very cool. Um, we want to end. I want to get a, a happy story in here. It's we're, over? We're of, Already? Well, we're getting Aww. closer. We're getting closer okay. and closer to the end. I hate to say it, but... Uh, let's get some happy people on the screen. Do you have a picture yeah. of happy people? There's some happy people. Americans say money can buy happiness. What? Here's their price tag. <laughs> does happiness have a price for a majority of Americans? The answer is yes, but it doesn't come cheap. About six in 10 Americans believe money can buy happiness, according to a new poll from financial services firm Empower. Yet to achieve happiness through financial means, most people say they need significant raises as well as a big chunk of money in the bank. Median household in the U.S. stands at about 74000 annually, but respondents told Empower that they need roughly 284000 each year to achieve happiness. I love how they have a very specific number. As for wealth, Americans said they need even more in the bank to feel content. $1.2 to be exact, the poll found. Many people are wealthier than they were a few years ago thanks to the rise in real estate and stock market values, yet the median net worth of U.S. households stood at $192,900 in 2022. Uh, this is according to the uh, Federal Reserve. Um, so here's a chart you can see how, how much wealth would... Uh, bring you happiness. Americans said they need 1.2 million. You see on the chart here, it's Gen Z, 487,000. Women, 880,000. 950. Boomers, 999. And so on. Mm. The findings come at a time when Americans are feeling more stressed by money, partly due to the impact of inflation. Yes. Uh, which has been elevated for more than a year. According to the poll, 81% of participants admitted to feeling burdened by rising costs. While 66% said interest rates have taken a toll on their sense of financial well-being. Workers, meanwhile, aren't likely to receive the types of raises next year that could put them anywhere near $284,000. 
given that the average raise will be about 3.9% next year, according to a, a consulting firm. Most generations said they be, believed earning a low six-figure income would bring them happiness, with the notable exception of millennials, who said they would need to earn more than half a million half a million a year to feel what? joy. <laughs> Millennials may have higher financial aspirations because they've experienced significant headwinds in their adult lives, including the Great Recession, when many were entering the workforce as well as struggles to get a foothold in the housing market amid high mortgage rates and uh, housing costs. I think they may be delusional. About 7 in 10 Americans uh, said that having more money would solve most of the problems, according to the study, which was conducted by the Harris Poll. The group surveyed more than 2,000 American adults. That seems to be the number there, 2,000 adults, between August 7th and August 14th. So, Eric says money can make a lot of problems that cause happiness, unhappiness go away. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yes. um, yeah. If these numbers don't seem, I mean, that half a million dollars, like how many people are actually going to be making half? One point two million dollars on average to feel happy, huh? Yeah. Mm. I don't know. I mean, millennials you could buy one point seven though. They're greedy little bastards. You could buy a house in the Bay Area and for that probably, but then you'd still have to pay taxes and insurance and everything else. So that's not going to mean that you don't shipping. have to work. <laughs> taxes and shipping. Yes. <laughs> Dude, our wet Ren says that guy that won the Powerball in Maine doesn't seem too happy. The one that's suing his ex for for blabbing about his win. Yeah. Oh mm-hmm. no. Well. Yeah. You know, you oh, could always launch a YouTube channel. That'll make regarding it happen. We, uh, regarding the coins, Wes says, and I'm so sorry to hear it, Wes, my dad passed away last year, and in the safe, he had a tin of lots of various coins. Not sure why he kept these particular coins. We need to have them looked at. There's about 100 coins. Who knows what you have in there? Yeah, my dad liked to hoard things, yeah. so like just regular quarters. So I'm like, I don't know. It's like, is there anything like valuable in here, or is it just hoarding? You know, like every cottage cheese container, like they didn't get recycled. They just turned into something. Right? They're like full of something. Like full of stuff. Full of stuff. Yeah. Because they're the perfect container. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. My nephew was collecting coins and my grandfather had a coin collection. So my mom gave the coins to him, which is fine. But I'm sure there's some really valuable ones in there. Yeah. The I'm just afraid to give away, what... give away anything because I don't know if it's valuable. You know, yeah. And do you trust someone to tell you if it's valuable? Because right. what if Wes takes his coins in and the coin collector is like, oh, this is worth nothing. And I'll give you yeah, a couple $5, bucks for it. $5. Yeah, and then it, it turns out. I'm generous the, by giving you yeah. $5. No, it's like, how do you know? You have to then sit down and do the research, right? Yeah. So, do your own research, um, Kim. Yeah. Just like the uh, COVID vaccine. Do your own research. Oh, do wait. I just got it. Just demon- demonetized. I'm sorry. We are back tomorrow with the After Party Live. And uh, when we come back, we have a bunch of more fun stories for you. We uh, will be back tomorrow. And then the show is dark on Thanksgiving, but then we will be back on Friday as well. So Meaning that's there's our no show for this not week. That that's evil. right. We're off on e- Thanksgiving. That's yeah, not an evil show. I'm We're very dark. We'll be eating turkey. <laughs> that's Some right. That's evil. Is that, is that a little <laughs> bit evil? That's a little evil. All right, you guys, have a great rest of your afternoon. We'll see you back here tomorrow on the After Party Live. Bye, thank Tom. you to Deidre L. and Robin F. And let's go and just thank our other you contributors. you do it one more time? we have time. Absolutely. Yeah, Ren, $10. Doug, uh, $5. Uh, BW Rock, $5. Wes T, $5. Deidre, $10. Thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, we couldn't do the show without you. Yeah. Have a great afternoon, Kim. Thank you, guys. You too. Bye, John. Bye, Adios. everybody.